Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to I Want to Be Real podcast. Today's podcast is entitled, Don't Force It. Don't Force It. When I tell you that that is one of the, the most important things that I have learned over the years with my relationship with God and just having encounters with him. And um, if there's anything that gives me peace, if there's anything that God would send a reminder to me on, it's that. And we live in a world that is full of chaos. There's a lot that is happening and there's a lot that is going on and you know the scriptures let us know that in Christ returning everyone who will have had an opportunity to know of him learn of him accept him and it's a choice it's it's a choice to serve him it's a choice to choose him and you know when when you you think of what i what i just said the statement that i said don't force it you may be saying to yourself okay what does that have to do with me how is that going to help me but just just stick with me for for a moment i want to you know just kind of you know share some things with you and the word um i looked up the word force something and it means to Uh, to compel. It means to coerce, uh, constrain. It means to oblige. Um, It means to make someone or something yield. And it says uh, force is the general term and implies the overcoming of resistance by the exertion of strength, power, or duress. And so to force something, it means that it doesn't fit. It was not created to fit in the place or the space in which you're trying to uh, get it to, to, to be. And so that means that in order for it to fit, you have to alter the, the, the form of a thing. You have to alter the structure of something. And it's almost like whenever God created uh, a thing, he created it in the form and in the way in which he saw fit. And so to go in and to do alterations or make accommodations to something uh, that God never instructed or ordained, it means that now you're trying to force it to be something that it was never um intended to be. To give you an example, um, one of my, my amazing loving friend, uh, she bought me some nice, uh, nice shoes. Um, when I tell you, I was so excited about getting them. She had told me about them and, you know, and she called me and she asked me my size and I gave her my size. And, and so when I got ready to get the shoes, of course, I'm excited and, you know, getting myself geared up and ready. Um, and then when I 
uh, was in the process of preparing my outfit to wear the shoes. I could not fit the shoes. And the reason that I could not fit the shoes is um, I wear a size nine. And so the shoes that she gave me or the shoes that she purchased for me, they were a size six. And so when I was putting the shoes on, because I'm looking at the number and I'm like, okay, this is, you know, this is an, an, a nine. And so I'm putting the shoes, trying to put the shoes on and my feet <laughs> would not fit in the shoes. And I'm like, what is happening? And so when I took the shoes off, I looked at it and I flipped it a certain way. And when I flipped it the way um, that you normally will, you know, just kind of look at when you're looking for shoes, it reads a size six. And I was like, oh man, oh my God. It did not matter how much I love the shoes. It did not matter the outfit that I had prepared to wear the shoes with. None of that mattered because regardless to what I felt in that moment, regardless to where I was going, I could not force my feet to be in a space that it was not created for. It's not that it wasn't created for to be worn by someone's feet. It, it's not that the shoes were not beautiful and could not enhance any, um, any outfit. It, it wasn't that. It's just the fact that the shoes couldn't fit my feet. And so to force something means I have to make alterations to either the shoe or I have to make alterations to my feet. It ain't that serious. <laughs> so I called my friend and I told her about it and she was like, I want, I am so sorry. And I was like, girl, it's fine. You know, I still have the shoes in my possession. So if you wear a size six, email me. I want to be real at hotmail.com and Listen, you never know. I could send them over to you. Okay, let me get back to what I'm saying. <laughs> but to force something means that I don't trust. I don't trust that God can give me better. Or I don't trust that God can give me greater. To force something means that I feel like this is all that God has to offer. When he is a loving God, he is a sovereign God. He is an available God and he's a God who has my best interest at heart. Why do I feel that I have to force something instead of trusting him at his word? The promises of God, the promises that God have declared over my life and over your life, um, they are there and they are there to happen. It's the timing in which it will happen that can sometimes cause a person to feel the need to force something in a season that God never intended for us to have it in. And so when I was going throughout my day today and actually on yesterday and I was asking God, what should I share with us 
you know, today that would actually help us get to a different space and get to a different realm of who God is and being able to trust him at his word and being able to trust um, that he has better and he has greater for us than to talk about a situation in a place in a space that gives me peace. When, when, when I, when I have a lot on my mind and I have, you know, deadlines that I need to, uh, to, to, to meet. And I have things that, that need to, uh, that requires my attention. And, you know, um, just like last week, you know, I was, I was, you know, sick and I wasn't feeling my best. And, you know, God kept reminding me, do what you can, but don't force the rest because to force it, there's no enjoyment enforcing anything outside of God's will. See, when I was initially uh, introduced to Christ, I'm sorry for the the mix up with the, the mics or whatever. When I was initially introduced to Christ, he wasn't forced on me. They told me about him. I saw what he did. I saw what he could do. And then when he began to talk with me outside of, you know, this whole different space, um, I knew. I knew that there was somebody higher than me. I need you to go with me. Okay. Cause I was young. I was like, <clears throat> I would have to say maybe in, um, junior high or so, um, hold on one minute. <coughs> I still got a little of this stuff going on, so just bear with me. Um, but I had to be in like maybe junior high, I would say. And God started to to deal with me in ways that I really couldn't explain. Um, I knew that it wasn't something that I was accustomed to in the world but it was familiar to me because of the spiritual part of me I'm trying to I'm trying to say it in a way that it it makes it kind of makes sense because it's kind of hard to explain it or express it but I'm trying to give you examples it's like whenever I I, I was safe in that space of having a relationship with over time, I knew it it was God, but I felt a peace when I would hear the voice. I couldn't explain it. I couldn't express it because the moments and the times that I did. It was I was looked upon or looked at as weird and uh, that I was talking to myself. So it took. 
you know, God putting me in, in places with people who knew where I was coming from, who knew um, how to nurture that, who knew how to teach me how to respond to the voice of God when I was just that young. And that that person was was Miss Diane. <laughs> um, and I know I've talked about her on several podcasts be, before, but anytime God would share something with me or do something, I couldn't really process what it was or make sense of it. So I had to talk to somebody. God allowed me to be connected to someone who had the ability to help me identify what God was saying and what God was doing in that season of my life. And I am forever, I am forever grateful for her life and those moments that I used to have with her um, because it would be so out of the ordinary in how God would share things with me. And so, um, she was, she was that for me, but I'm saying all of this to say that my relationship with God was not forced on me. I wanted to know more about who he was, what he was doing, what he could do. Oh, he loves me this much that he would do this. He's that sovereign that he would do this. He extends grace and mercy, even with knowing that I am not a perfect being, but yet he still chooses me. He wants to use me, um, even in my imperfections. Like it's so many different things that I can just I can just tell you that caused me to say, no, you don't. No one forced me to get to know him. I wanted to. I needed to my lifeline, my life, my my breathing, the, the, the reason that I do what I do is because of him. And so it didn't it didn't have to be forced on me. Now, there were moments in my life where. It was so consuming that you see everybody in the world doing different things and you thinking that 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 their life is fun and and they're having a good time but it's all at the expense of them not being in the same type of connection that you are and so it causes you to want say okay well you know well dog I, I wouldn't mind doing this or I wouldn't mind doing that or you know I'm you know I'm because you're subject to um not only to wanting to know God and wanting to be in his presence, but it consumes so much of you that it will look as if you didn't have like a life. It would look as if you were boring. It would look as if, you know, um, you just wasn't a part of the it crowd. If, if, if you understand where, where I'm coming from. And so when you see that, and when I saw that, I was a person who was trying to fit in a space that God never intended. 
but he never forced me to stay connected to him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like it, it, it's, it was a choice. And so I'll never forget. And I've, I've said this on a podcast before, but I never forget. I was just telling God, you know, I just want to be, you know, I want to be normal. How, you know, all of this, you know, you getting me up in the middle of the night and, you know, and talking to me and stuff like that, you know, you're not talking to everybody else that's in, that's in college and, you know, and, and why do I have to do this? And how, you know, I was having this whole, you know, this whole fit because I was, I was living in, 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 in the dorm, um, on, on campus and my roommates, you know, all of them, you know, they partied and they did, they had good times. Okay. And then I was, I was stuck in the room, you know, the majority of the time, either reading or, you know, there was something church wise that I was a part of, um, affiliated with some ministry that I was connected to. It was something that God was doing and shifting in my life. And I'll never forget when I started to tell him, I just want to be normal. I don't want this and I don't want that and all this and that or whatever. Um, it was almost like he released me. And then my my conversations with him wasn't as frequent. They were frequent. They were there, but they wasn't as him waking me up to share something or, you know, it was almost like he was giving me what I asked of him. And I'll never, I'll never forget. I had called, um, I had called Janelle and she and I were talking. My friend Janelle, she's been my friend forever. That's Miss Diane's daughter, if, if those of you who may not know. But anyway, she and I, it, it, it comes to find out, she and I both were like, you know what? I was, you know, I was kind of feeling the same type of way. Like, I just want to be like normal because it was, it was, it was just abrupt how God was just doing stuff. And I'll never forget that I longed for something and I could not pinpoint what it was. Now, now, let me say this to you. I didn't go out to the clubs. I didn't do any of those things. I just didn't want to be awake about two, three o'clock in the morning because that just wasn't what I saw everybody else was doing. And I thought the normal that I thought that I wanted, I realized I didn't fit there. I'm I'm trying to say it in a way that you can understand what I'm what I'm saying. I didn't fit in the box of everybody else. And could you imagine trying to go after something that God never intended? 
Like you're trying to force yourself to fit in a group or a crowd of people that you know that's not you. That's not your group. That's not your crowd. That's not who you are. Because now not only are you trying to fit in the crowd, but you'll cause yourself to implement or do certain things that's outside of your norm and who you are. And it really looks weird. But I never forget longing and really wanting something, but I couldn't put my hand on it. And I remember laying out on the floor. And I said, God, why aren't you talking to me? I said, what happened to, I'm, you don't even wake me up at, you know, at in, in, in the middle of the night anymore. Like for some weeks, I wailed out to him. I cried out to him. And I could hear nothing. And I said, God, if you just, if you give it back to me, if you give it, if you give, if you give my connection back, if you give the space, if you give, if you give, give it all back to me, you don't have to ever worry about me trying to fit in. Not, not. Not in that realm. Mm -mm. And I remember a couple of nights passed by. And I had an urgency to wake up. And I think it was like maybe two or three o'clock in the morning. And I paced the floor and forth and I just cried and I said God what do you want to say I had my pen I had my tablet I had my word I said what is it that you want to share what, what you want me to know and when he began to when he began to talk to me, all I could do was cry. And he started to tell me he started to tell me that I created you to be different for a purpose. I created you because I had a plan in mind. And when I created you, I trusted you to be available. And he started to talk to me in that moment about not forcing a relationship, but I have to want it. 
And he showed me in that moment the importance and the difference between serving him out of just near being obedient, but serving him because I love to serve. He taught me so much in that moment and in that season of my life. And this was after, you know, I had, you know, uh, was was preaching and, you know, that young and, you know, going to the different um, things that we had at the college. And, you know, it was it was after that. It was during that. Lit, it was that lit season. But I can remember it so clear and so vivid. Because he did talk to me when I was young. Like he would share things with me. He would say things and, and he not only would say those things, but he cultivated it in a way that he brought the right people in my path to help me bring clarity to questions and concerns that I had. Like he paved the way. And then the moment that I, uh, I, 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 I no longer wanted it. He did not force himself on me. It took me yielding myself to him for him to say, okay. But he never left me. I want you to understand that he never left me. He just didn't do what he used to do. And what I was accustomed to him doing when it concerned me and him. I learned in that moment and he reminds me throughout my life and through times when I am frustrated and I have moments of uncertainty and I feel like something, I need this particular thing to work and I need this to happen and, 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 you know, if I had applied for this particular job and all of these different things, he he would find a way to calm me by reminding me you can't force it. And so now in some in, in this particular season of my life and I look back over my life, this is why I this is why I tell you don't. When people make those statements that, you know, don't look back and, you know, um, you know, you, you don't you don't need no, you don't have a reason to look back. No, I, I need to look back because to look back gives me it gives me peace. It gives me assurance. It gives me clarity. It gives me a peace in knowing that if he's done it before, that he's got enough that he can do it again. And so sometimes we need to be reminded of what God has already done. So that when we find ourselves in a season of crisis or we find ourselves in a moment where we feel overwhelmed or we feel, you know, compelled to to do something outside of his will. All we need is a flashback of what he's already done to get us back into a place, into a peace that can only be viewed by what he delivered us from. So, you know, everybody have their own reasons of why they say don't look back. You know, I get it. I get the concept. But sometimes you you have to look back to see how far God has actually brought you. 
And so when I have chaotic moment and I feel, I feel overwhelmed and I feel defeated and I feel like, you know, this haven't happened by this time and you know, this haven't happened by this particular season and I'm worried about this and I'm frustrated about this. And you got all of these different things playing in your mind and you have the world system, you know, uh, has 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 somehow fed into your your beliefs and you trusting in God. And it says, you know, you've got to be married by this time. And, you know, you you 40 or you over 40 and you tell my children, you know, you, you have all of these different things and you have to be reminded we have to be reminded that although I am in this world, I am not of it. I am here to serve a purpose. There's a plan that God has for my life. So I cannot force anything that he does not want to happen or he has not intended in this season of my life. And I kid you not, when I have chaos and I have moments where I feel like I got to meet this deadline. I got to do this. I got to do that. Oh my God. I, by this time I got to have such, 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 such. When, when all of that starts to, uh, uh, get me in a space of frustration and anxiety and all of these different things, cause none of that is of God. I settle myself in a quiet space and I, I hear you don't have to force it. I don't have to force relationships. I don't have to force connections. I don't have to force uh, uh, increase on my job. I don't have to force the people to like me on my job. I don't have to force people in general to like me. Honey, I don't even have to force a man to even be in relationships with me or connected to me. Because everything that God has for me and everything that God has for you is going to happen. Listen to me. It's going to happen. The problem is, is sometimes believing because it hasn't happened yet. But just because it hasn't happened yet. Doesn't mean that it won't happen. The key is preparing ourselves in the moment, in the seasons that we don't have it. So that when we do get it, we'll know how to handle it. I know. If I can help you. You don't have to force anything. Anything that you've got to force is not of God. If you've got, if you've got to force people to know Christ, that's not an authentic relationship because now I'm only serving him based off what you say, based off, based off me getting a reaction from you. But if, but, but, but if you allow people to live out their own soul salvation, There's something that's going to happen or take place in their lives that's going to cause them to say, you know what? I, that God that I want to been talking about, you know what? He all right. This is why I don't mind sharing parts of my life that God gives me 
free will to share. Because it serves as a reminder that he loves imperfect people and he can still use imperfect people. Because his ultimate goal is to get the glory. And it's not just to get the glory, but he loves me just that much. He loves you just that much. So to force something says. This all God got. To force something to be says I can't trust God or I don't trust God. For the outcome. So let me just go ahead on and just make this happen right now. So you've forced something that God intended for you to have, but just either not in this season or that particular thing. But then when you force something. Now you're often stuck with it. This is why I have peace when I hear, don't force it. It'd be the subtlety of his voice that says, don't, don't force it. And that lets me to, I back off. I can back off of a thing because if I've got to change who I am, and if I've got to rearrange and reconstruct just to fit it, To make it happen. Then how uncomfortable am I going to be. In a season. That I forced. When I tell you. God help, help me with that. And I felt the need. And I felt compelled to share that with you. Because. The enemy will make. You feel. Like you've got to have this particular thing right now. He he can paint such a picture. That causes you to rush for something. That God said, wait on. It's just like a marketing marketing strategy. Um. If you're selling clothes and your name is a big name and um, prime example, Black Friday happens around Thanksgiving, you know, the, the Friday after Thanksgiving. And you have everybody selling this and everybody selling that. And they're saying, you know, you got this many days to do such and such. You got this many days to do this. You got this many days to do this. Right. And um, and granted, it's one of the biggest sales of, you know, of the years. This, you know, you you, it's 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 big, it's huge, it's banking. okay. And and, and I experienced this just this past, you know, Black Friday. I just want to share this with you. And so you got all of this, you know, all of these different emails and, you know, things that you wanted and all this and that or whatever. So you find yourself like, oh, I need to get this. I got to get this because they're going to run out or, 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 or let me go ahead on and get this because they ain't going to have another sale like this. You go ahead on and get the stuff. Spending money that you don't have. You know, getting things. And, and granted, yeah, it's a sale. It's it's a good sale. Some of the stuff is good. I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking it at all. 
Cause I did, I, I, I got a, I got a few things, you know, I put some money to the side or whatever, because I knew that this sale was coming up and all this and that. So I'm just, you know, you know, kind of laying out my plan. Some of those things I could have waited on. Why? Cause just last week I got emails on some of the same stuff that I bought. Guess what? <laughs> same discounts. You should have saw me because there was this one thing that I that was on sale. And I was like, them jokers. <laughs> they said that this is one of the biggest sales of the year. And it was. But they didn't tell you or they didn't say, well, not only are we going to have this sale on, you know, this happening Black Friday, but, you know, um, the first week of February, we also going to put this on sale, too. Why? Because it applied or put pressure on people to buy. It's a marketing. It's a good marketing strategy, but it forces people to buy in a moment, in a season that God may not intend it for you to make a purchase during that time. But in your mind, you think of scarcity. You think of there's not going to be another sale like this. And you think of Oh, I can't beat this price. So let me go ahead on and get this now. And that's how the enemy tricks us into forcing stuff to happen or to be before God's timing. He has an amazing marketing strategy. Because the world that we live in gets things quick fast and in a hurry but when you are connected to God it's painted as you've got to wait patiently on him but let me explain something to you I'd rather wait patiently and be in his will than to have something quick that I desire but not in his will the scripture talks about in Joshua, the 24th, um, the 24th chapter, God was trying to explain, get a message to the Israelites. He was trying to explain to them who he was in that particular season of their life and who he was to their ancestors and their parents and their grandparents and, you know, what he did for them. And he ends um, towards the middle of this particular chapter with an expression of giving them a choice to still choose him or not. So, so in, um, in, in, in the, the chapter 24, uh, Joshua, he, he continues the final charge uh, to the children of Israel. And um, 
Joshua gathered all of the tribes of of Israel and um uh uh they went to Shechem and um when they got there um uh, he called for the elders uh uh the judges the officers he called for all of those that were in leadership and um and they all presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all of the people, um, thus said the Lord God of Israel, your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old times, even Terah, the father of Abraham, the father of Nair, um, and they served other gods. Like he started to um, to break down uh, the connection. Let me let me let me go to the chapter and read it, read it to you so that you can get clarity when I'm getting ready to explain it. It's in Joshua um, 24 and I'm reading from the, the NLT uh, translation, which is the new living translation. And it says, then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says long ago. Now, I want you to listen to everything that God speaks to these people through Joshua. It says Joshua said to all of the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nair lived beyond the Euphrates rivers and worshiped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac and to Isaac, I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Sarah to Esau, but Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there. I brought you out when I brought your people out of Egypt. You came to the sea and the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried to the Lord for help and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived in the wilderness for a long time. I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived east of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them from before you and you took possession of their land. When Balak, son of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent for Balaam son of Beor to put a curse on you. But I would not listen to Balaam. So he blessed you again and again. And I delivered you out of his hand. Verse 11. Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, as did also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Gergesites, the Hivites and Jebusites. But I gave them into your hands. I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you. Also, the two Amorite kings, you did not do it with your own sword and bow. 
So I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build. And you lived in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving, th- this is where, I, let me tell you something. Let me calm down because I got excited. This is, the, this is the part that I wanted to express, express and explain to you. In verse 15, it says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Joshua then said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disasters on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses. They replied. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people. And there at Shechem, he reaffirmed for them decrees and laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. Then he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. See, he said to all the people, this stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. Then Joshua dismissed the people each to their own inheritance. Let me explain something to you. When Joshua was explaining this to them, when he was standing before the people and declaring to them, you know, the works that God had done, and then he challenged them, you know, to choose, it took him reminding them This is why I said earlier that when people make those statements, don't look back and all of these different things. 
but it was because Joshua, God spoke through Joshua to remind them of what he had already done previously. That's why you, that's why it's okay to look back. As long as when you're looking back, you're looking back to see how far God has brought you from. So that you can see the current place that you're in, how he, he is the same God that did it back then. He did it for my for my ancestors. He did it for my grandparents, for my parents. Then he's God enough to do it for me. But even in him reminding them, he still gave them a charge to choose. Do you understand, do you understand what, I, what I'm saying? He still did not force himself on them. He gave them a choice and he reminded them of what he did because they were in a land that was provided by him. <sighs> Joshua was reminding them and he was giving them a charge. A man can, can live after his own flesh and that can become a God. Your finances can become a God, your job and your career and going after the bag and trying to get this can be a God. But the scripture says that we serve a jealous God. We serve a just God. And so he doesn't force himself on us. And if he doesn't force himself on us, then we shouldn't force ourselves into situations that God did not intend. That means that I don't have to force any relationships, any connections. If you want to be connected to me, if you want to be, you know, a part of what God is doing in my life, by all means, if your motives are pure and your motives are right, hey, we can do this thing together. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. But I'm not going to force. Let me tell you something. Mm -mm. I can't, I can't, I can't force it. I can't force it because I understand what life looks like to be in a forced situation, forced situation. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. I've even tried to force connections before. You, you, you feel what I'm saying? Like, like, like trying to fit in, trying to force something. That ain't me. I am who I am. By the grace of God, when he created me, he had a purpose and a plan in mind. And, and, and I'll never forget somebody had, had told me and shared with me. And it was like, you know, it just seemed like you, you know, like because, I, I you know, on Saturdays, that's that's normally a Saturday that I just kind of, you know, if, if I'm not busy, don't have a lot going on, then I do try to wind down or or, you know, but I have this, you know, this thing for watching Hallmark movies and stuff like that. I don't watch scary movies. Just I ain't never did it. Don't like it. But I tried it. I'm going to tell you. So I, I was, you know, um, with a group of my friends and and um, they all like scary movies and stuff like that. But me, I didn't I ain't careful because I start dreaming about stuff. Right. And so so I could try to fit in with the, with, with, with with my friends at that time. You know, um, I was like, you know, yeah, we can watch scary movies. Yeah, I watch scary movies. I, you know, I ain't, you know, I ain't this, I ain't that or whatever. Right. So here I am. They all eating popcorns and I'm sitting here scared and nervous and stuff like that or whatever. And um, when the movie goes off and we getting ready to go to bed and stuff like that. Now I'm tossing and turning because now I'm feeling tormented by what I done just watched. Now to each his own. Everybody ain't like that. Everybody don't have those issues and stuff like that. But when you open the gate for certain things to transpire and linger, 
those things have the ability to stay with you if you are not careful. I said it before to one of my cousins, the, the, the enemy, he does not need a wide open door or an open window. He, all he need is a crack. And if you would allow him to enter any, any type of gateway into your life, into your spirit, then he has the ability to set up resident in a place that you gave him access to. So. I don't watch certain things. And for 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 a while that used to bother me because, you know, I'm like, you know, I want to be able to watch. But I realize I can't do that. I, 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 I can't. I, certain things I just can't do and, and, and call me holier than thou or 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 Miss Goody Two Shoes, call me whatever you want. But I know I'm going to go to bed at night and I'm going to rest well. Why? Because I'm careful of what was placed in my gateways, you know, in my in my uh, in my airways through through any type of of anything. I'm mindful because I want to sleep at night. I ain't got time to be fighting the enemy. He already he already fight just to be fighting. Why would I give him access to fight me even more when God says that he has given me dominion and power over the enemy? But I'm going to but I'm going to get into his territory and fight. No, that's just like, you, you know, you, you know, somebody says, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not really uh, uh, afraid of snakes and stuff like that or whatever. And and then you let somebody drop you into a territory full of snakes. Why, why would you why would you do that? You're 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 not afraid of snakes because they're not in your in 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 in, in your in, in the area in which you are, are serving or sitting or, or living. But when you go to their area, to their habitat, it's just like going into, uh, into a, 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 a river and on the side of the river, the, the, there's a sign that says, beware alligators are, th- are, are there. Beware alligators live here. And you find yourself crossing over the fence to go into a body of waters when the, the, the sign just say it. Beware, alligators are there. But no, you took it upon yourself to cross over the gate to go into a territory that is full of alligators. So you can't get mad when alligators do what alligators do, which is try to hunt you down for food. Because what have you done? You've entered into their territory so you may come out unscathed you may come out you know bruised but you would never have to be uh, uh, in that position of running for your life had you not entered into a space that was not designated for you that's what I mean about don't force it you ain't got time to be you don't have time you don't have time to force nothing that's outside uh, you don't have time to force nothing period whether it's people connections relationships friendships you know family ships all of that you ain't got to force none of that stuff watch how much peace you have when you start to realize that you do not have to force yourself into something or force something on you or force any anything um, 
to fit in or to obtain something or what have you. When God starts to give you what he he thinks to be best, it's going to click. And you're going to be able to look back and say, you know, what? I'm so glad I didn't force that relationship. I'm so glad I didn't try to get them to, you know, do right by me. I'm so glad I didn't try to do such and such. Because it it helps me to appreciate the fact that I am waiting on the greatest thing that God has for me. And I'm going to find joy in knowing that God is preparing me for the things that I did not force. But he is preparing me for the things he intended. So whatever you're doing in your life, whatever you're going through in life, just know, just 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 have that peace. When you find yourself frustrated, full of anxiety, you know, chaos is all around you. You're trying to make stuff happen and all these different things. And, you know, you trying to, you know, buy this outfit for your spouse and, you know, buy your spouse this this ring and stuff like that or whatever. You know, all of these different things you're trying to force to happen. When you sit back in your in, in your thought process and say, you know what, I'm just not going to force it. It is what it is. I, I can't I can't I can't make something happen. I'm telling you the peace that you will have because that's what God gives me peace in. When I hear the subtlety of those words, don't force it. My peace is just like, oh, my God. It's amazing. So, again, don't force it. I'm out of time. I went a little longer than what uh, I normally do. You know, really trying to make up two for last week. And, you know, um, I hope you guys uh, were blessed by what God shared with me to share with you, with us, so that we can be reminded, regardless of what you may find to happen in your life, you're faced with or dealing with. Just don't force it. Wait on God. Wait on what he intended and don't force it.